Welcome to the College Scoops Podcast. I'm your host, Moira McCullough, and today we are talking with Emily Weiss of Emily Weiss Consulting. Emily will share her insights and techniques for how high school and college students can create a killer resume. Okay, so because I was a recruiter, I know that literally your resume has 10 seconds in somebody's hand before they either keep it or go on to the next person, even less than that. So my goal always is to create a resume that can be easily and quickly interpreted in 10 seconds or less. This is the College Scoops Podcast, and I'm your host, Moira McCullough. We focus on everything college-related, from the admissions process to where to eat, stay, and explore on and around campuses. Our guests include founders, educators, authors, and experts in the college space. Join us as these experts share their knowledge, experiences, and lessons learned to help you have stress-free, informative, and tasty college journeys. Whether it's your first or last child going to college, or you're just interested in going to a college town for a game or meal, we've got you covered. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the College Scoops podcast to get the inside scoops on everything college-related, and leave us a review. Thanks to all of our sponsors, partners, and the entire College Scoops ambassador team for helping us bring valuable content to our community. If you would like to support College Scoops as a sponsor, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash college scoops and sign up as a sustaining listener, insider, or deluxe sponsor. We have exclusive benefits for our members, free eBooks, and even a College Scoops care package. Emily Weiss is the founder and president of Emily Weiss Consulting, a niche career consulting firm specializing in high school students, college students, and recent graduates seeking internships or entry-level positions. Emily Weiss and her multidisciplinary team equip young adults for professional success, offering a variety of career-related and personal branding services, such as resume and cover letter writing, LinkedIn profile creation, interview coaching, professional network guidance, application navigation, and elevator pitches. Given her background in recruiting, marketing, public relations, and advertising, Emily Weiss provides an all-inclusive approach to professional branding and personal development for students and postgraduates. Hi, Emily. Thanks so much for joining us today on the College Scoops podcast. Well, I'm thrilled to be here this morning. I think your concept is exactly what needed to happen out there. And I cannot wait to recommend your resources to my clients. Thanks so much. I feel like we have known each other for so long. We were introduced by a mutual friend, Laura Fortner, but then we realized that we also had several other friends in common. Your son is also a student ambassador for us for WashU, and you introduced us to another student who is a family friend of yours. She's a rising sophomore at the University of Chicago, and we actually brought her on as one of our interns, Noelle. So we are so happy to have you on today because you have so much to share in terms of your work with students on creating a killer resume, cover letter, LinkedIn profile. I know it's going to be one of many podcast sessions we will have with you. So we look forward to hearing all the wonderful advice you have to share with us today. Can you share a little bit about yourself? So I graduated from Syracuse University Newhouse School of Communication with a degree in advertising. And I went on to work in my early career in the advertising public relations marketing arena. 
And um, very interestingly enough is I switched to being a recruiter, but one of the reasons why I was a good, I, I just became interested in recruiting, but one of the things that was a transferable skill set from being in the public relations arena that I was in at the time to being um, a recruiter is that I was used to pitching the media and pitching media is similar to cold calling. And in those days before there was computers, um, we actually had to pick up the phone and call potential candidates that we were recruiting. So they knew that I was not afraid to be, you know, calling people and handling rejection and overcoming obstacles because that's what I was doing in my PR career when I was trying to get um, media placements for, um, I worked for Pictionary, Ray-Ban, some other products. So that's how I, that's how I transferred over. But I be I became interested in being in a, being a recruiter from being recruited. So then I went on to be a recruiter, and um, so when I was a recruiter, you know, people who are in recruiting have to move very quickly, and it's sales. It's it's an industry where you have to be money motivated. So while I did well at it, I found myself more. Um, attracted to the candidates that didn't fit into the easy placement scenario. Okay. So they weren't what we call dead ons. So a recruiter will make their money by having candidates that are dead ons and doing large numbers of them in, in volume. So I found myself um, really wanting to work with the person that needed help on their resume and that I knew had the information in their work scope, but it wasn't on their resume. So I found myself, you know, spending more time with them, updating their resumes and um, extracting information from them to get a better resume. And that does not make for, um, you know, the most successful recruiter because you're supposed to be moving quickly. And so that's how I started my business is that was really my passion to help, um, people, um, in, especially in the niches of internships for high school, college, and entry level, because recruiters are not generally interested in those type of candidates because you don't have any work experience. And then also I became interested in the sector of um, any but at caregivers of children that stayed at home and did not work who are re-entering the workforce because I think they have some valuable things on their experience um, real that may not have been traditional work experience. So that's sort of how I got into this business and landed where I am. I love the cold calling example as it brings me back to my sales day during my first job out of school. I am dating myself now as students probably are not aware of the cold calling term, but I could have used your help back then. And I think it's important to the work that you do with caregivers reentering the workforce. They have so much experience and you help them take those transferable skills to demonstrate to employers that they are a viable candidate for a particular job, which is so important nowadays. And many people may not realize how much experience and skill sets that they have to offer, and you just help them bring that to light. It's interesting because I even find that with high school and college and entry-level clients, a lot of times they talk themselves out of information being on the resume. So in our conversations, I'll learn about maybe an amazing group project that they did in the robotics class. And they're like, well, I don't traditionally see group projects on resumes. So 
I didn't even think to put that. And I'm like, okay, so at these early stages in your life, when you don't have a lot of experience, I'm interested in any hands-on experience. And to me, group projects are hands-on experience. They're not just listening to the teacher talk and, and, and being part of a lecture. You're actually um, performing really valuable skills like team collaboration, research. Um, you're often building you know, websites and PowerPoints for these um, types of projects. And those skills are really transferable to the workplace. So I really celebrate those kind of projects. And I'm trained now immediately to talk about that in the conversation. But I, I just, in earlier on in my business, I would learn about these projects and I was like, you know what? I don't really care where you did the skill as long as you did it. Who do you typically work with and when do they actually come to you? So my client base is typically um, high school, college, and about five years out. The high school and college you know, aren't approached by recruiters, obviously. The five years out generally, you know, are, but I've already started working with those candidates when they were younger. So a lot of that is following their career. So I really, um, you know, they just seek advice and we rework things on their resumes as their, as their um, resume load uh, continues to grow. But my favorite type of client and my favorite type of parent is one that really does come to me when their child is in high school. Because what happens is um, internships are now becoming a sort of a common, a, a sort of a norm in high school, and that's new. I feel in the next coming years, it's almost gonna be expected. So in order for a candidate to be considered for an internship in high school, there's things even at that level that an employer is going to want to see on the resume. Things that a future employer will want to see, ability to think outside of the box, ability to collaborate, ability to um, present well, to do research. So I like to make sure that in addition to their curriculum, they are addressing some of that skill building in their clubs and their extracurriculars and even group projects, just paying attention to capturing them along the way. The perfect example would be is if um, a, a, a high school student is looking to perhaps um, have an internship in a nonprofit related to cancer um, during the summer in high school. So they're still going to have to submit a resume and the resume has to tell a bigger story than um, just their curriculum. And the extra curriculars have to demonstrate a passion and a relevancy. So I feel that even if passions change, students do have interest in high school that tend to lead to their internship pursuits. And I think it's important to always do a, a check, a cross-reference to make sure that the other things that you're involved in are consistent and supporting your passions and also your potential, even if it changes, possible internship pursuit or career path. If we look at college students, can you take us through how you work with them, the advice you give to the college students? So the first thing I, I, I would want to say to every college student out there who's entering, 
please be ready for your first career fair, even if that's not even if you're not ready to actually start your internship. Um, there's two things that I hope everyone will consider doing research on now and being ready to go to in the fall, even if it's virtual. Um, three things actually. One of them is get to know your career center, even if it's virtual. That should be, to me, um, almost like an extracurricular because you should be having that much to do with it. There's so many resources there throughout college um, that you'll find speakers, companies come in to recruit, companies come in to do workshops, they do LinkedIn workshops. So to me, if a student does enough activity with the Career Center, I will actually put that on their resume as like it was a club. And the myth is, the myth is gone in my mind that you don't need an internship now until your junior year. I completely dismiss that now. It's a very competitive market out there. Um, kids in high school are getting internships. So if you're going to wait till your junior year, I'm going to say an employer is really going to look at you and say, what were you doing the other summers? Um, which leads me to um, one little thing I just want to interject about that. So... Um, if you have a paid job in the summer, like let's say you work in a restaurant, maybe it's not an internship. I'm perfectly okay with that. It doesn't have to be an internship, but pick jobs where you can also demonstrate skills that employers are going to value, like customer service. When you are a host um, in a restaurant, you are getting tremendous customer service and problem solving skills. So try to pick job you also use open table which is a platform a software platform so it's okay not to have an internship but and it's okay to have a paid regular job but try to select jobs where you're going to gain skills that are going to serve you better in the future how will you know what those skills are going to be do a google search on entry-level jobs and the uh, most of the entry-level jobs have a lot of commonalities with the skills that they're looking for. So it's pretty much out there. There's no secrets of what these employers are going to be looking for um, in the future. I'm smiling as I was a hostess, waitress, and chambermaid during my high school and college years. And I learned so many life skills from those experiences. However, I wasn't actually able to probably transfer that experience onto a resume to reflect accurately all the skill sets and experience that I had, those lifelong skills are truly invaluable. Those are my favorite write-ups to write because somebody always has a really good story that goes with that on how they solved an unusual problem. So you're first going to go to the Career Center. That's the first stop when you get on campus. Find out what, get their calendar and find out what events are coming up. Okay. Most importantly, find out when the career fair is. Okay, so even if you're not even thinking about going there to pursue a um, summer internship or job, go so that you can see the climate of what goes on in a career fair. Watch how the older students um, and the upperclassmen talk to employers, potential employers or recruiters. Look at their body language. Are they're carrying a padfolio? It, how many versions of the resume do you see it seems like they have? Um, are they shaking hands in COVID-19 climate. What is that? Career fairs are going to have to reinvent themselves. So this is an extra 
um, incredible time to go because I think that the landscape and the language is going to change. And you want to be ahead of that curve and knowing what's going to happen. Because anything you Googled, including my even if I send all of you my um, career fair tips, now they're going to be different because things have changed. So just go so that you know what one looks like. And maybe if you get comfortable, go up to one of the, um, the booths and just be honest. I think that is such great advice. Go to a career fair when the pressure is not on, get a feel for the climate and watch and learn from others. When you get a lay of the land for how to interact with people and what to wear, these are some of the stressors that you can take out of the equation and system when you actually go to a career fair that matters. Sure. And you don't have to pretend to be getting a job. Just go up to one of the, the future employers and say, um, this is my first career fair. Um, I'd like to, I did a little research about your company before I came. Okay. That's the key thing. Any booth that you decide to practice this on, you will know who's coming the night, you know, the days before, because the career center will tell you. I wouldn't recommend going up to a booth and asking them, tell me about your company. You need to go up and say that you research the company. Hello, my name is Jane Smith. I did some research on your company. I'm not necessarily looking for an internship this summer because maybe I already know I'm going in a, a broad program, but I really found your company interesting and I'd like to know a little bit about what you're looking for in your candidates for internships. Excellent advice as those are the little nuances that can make you stand out in a crowd. And don't let your peers talk you out of going. You are going to hear some people that say, no, you don't have to get an internship until junior year or why you're going to go or the lines are so long. Get there early, be prepared, and you will be ahead of the curve. And, um, you know, it's important in college when it comes to anything like career like that, if you ever see anything where there is a CEO or an executive coming to speak in college, always attend those. Don't listen, don't listen to anybody else but me on that. <laughs> <laughs> so one last thing you can already probably do this now is um get a list of the clubs um that are going to be available and if there is a club fair so that was the third thing in my lineup um so get a list of what clubs um are going to be um available and be mindful that it is your freshman year and pay attention to things like commitment level you don't want to get overly committed. And also, I like to keep an eye on things that um, relate to professional development. So things like entrepreneurship clubs and business clubs or networking clubs or things like that that are going to help you with your resume, with your networking skills, with your interview skills. Um, there's lots of female professional um, development groups. Um, so I'm, I'm always looking the first year when you're not sure what you want to do to keep an eye on those because I want to see you doing those all four years in addition to your passions. And then if you do have time, I always think it's good, good mentally for the world and for a potential employers to see that you are involved in some level of community service. Um, the, the corporate cultures are really changing and they're, Corporate cultures are, are, are moving in the direction of getting involved in um, community engagement as a team. And I think to show that that's, um, that's part of who you are, 
um, is important, that that was a priority for you, even when you were dealing with like your freshman year and a lot of heavy curriculum and other things. I, I think that that's, um, I think that's important in life. Absolutely. When looking at colleges, colleges also want to know that you as a student, how you will contribute to their academic community, not only their academic community, but also as a student and member of their community, how will you engage, contribute, and give back to others with all other aspects of college life? How will you contribute outside of the classroom? That's really important, and that's something that businesses also are looking for from candidates. And then as far as the mistakes that I see um, at every level in resumes, um, high school all the way up to CEO, is in every resume that I write, I have, okay, so because I was a recruiter, I know that literally your resume has 10 seconds in somebody's hand before they either keep it or go on to the next person, even less than that. So my goal always is to create a resume that can be easily and quickly interpreted in 10 seconds or less. So even at the high school and CEO level, I have a skills box, which generally has three to four skills and three columns. Those, that skill box is very immediately going to tell a potential employer who you are without them reading the rest of your resume. So ideally, we hope that they read your resume, but if they don't, we want them to be able to make a decision saying, okay, these are the skills that I'm looking for, and I see that this candidate has them, and it's all in this box. So for example, certain internships have um, GPA requirements. So I will put, you know, Dean's List or Honor Roll, sometimes the first thing in that box. Um, if they are looking for somebody, let's say you're doing an internship that has community outreach. If you've done oral presentations and group projects or anything in high school or college, oral presentations is going to be the second skill in the box. So I'm looking for that box to serve as a map for what's going to be below. But I do see that box out there many times, but there are softer skills in there like team collaborator, um, good communicator. Those are, I'm looking for hard skills that really relate to what the employer is looking for. So I'm trying to give them a really quick preview of who you are so that they can already say, I'm not, I'm not gonna waste my time by reading this resume. And I have that at every level. You are helping the employer, recruiter, or hiring manager by sharing information on your resume that is visible and easy to find. If they can't figure you out in 10 seconds, they're just going to move on to the next one. And the thing that's happening now, of course, because in our day, you know, we mailed applications. So people were only getting, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40. Now some employers are getting thousands of resumes. So a hiring manager has to make a decision very quickly. And we want to be able to give them the tool to say, here are the skills that I have that you're looking for. And just so you know, my resume below is all the evidence to back it up. We don't put on skills that you can't back up with evidence. We can't put oral presenter if you've never actually stood up in front of 
a classroom or a job and done oral presentations. So what the resume really is, is we're almost building a case like a lawyer that you have the skills that they are looking for. So the biggest mistake that I see is that resumes are generally written in a very generic form at every level. People are putting their experience in chronological order and they're deciding what they think are going to be the most relevant bullet points to the hiring manager. Okay, there is no secrets out there what the hiring manager is looking for. The job description says it all. And not only does it say it all, but it says it in the order of importance. So when you're writing your resume, you really want to make sure that your bullet points are, are directly addressing and supporting those skills. What most people do is write a generic resume, look at a job description, and then in their head they say, oh, I can do that, I've done that. But the evidence is not there because they just have this one generic resume. Now, I'm not saying that you have to have a lot of different versions of your resume because what you're gonna find is when you cast out your net and an entry-level candidate or for internships, the jobs have a lot of commonalities. And it's okay if you have a resume that tells some extra things, but we wanna make sure that your bullet points directly support the skills and requirements that the hiring manager is looking for. So what I ask my clients to do is pick out usually three jobs that represent the types of jobs that they're going to be applying for. So we have what I call the net. We cast that net out with three jobs. They're generally in the same arena. I mean, sometimes there is some variation and that's okay, but they generally look similar. So it's important to cross-reference those jobs and look at the, the commonalities that they're looking for and address, use, address those commonalities and those skills as your bullet points that will save you from having multiple resumes. As I said, you can change it up by rearranging and adding bullet points if you want to, and you can also move the things around in the skills box. However, in my opinion, you don't need multiple full-on different versions for each job. To me, it's more about moving parts. The attention spans are short these days because they have to be. There's just so many volumes of resumes coming in. And um, so I find... When I, when I, the before and afters of the clients is I usually see, I value what you gave to me that you did in your job, your interpretation of, you, you gave me an idea of what you're doing. Now it's my job to work with you to make it relevant, to make your experience relevant to what you're applying for. So the, the employer is not interested in everything that you did. Some extra bonuses are okay if there's some really exciting projects that you did in an internship or a job that they might want to hear about their extra bonus, but they really are looking to see, are you qualified to do what we're looking for? And at this stage of the game with high school, college, and entry level, you, you aren't going to have all the experience, okay? You're new and that's okay. But what they want to see is potential. They want to see that even though you don't have the experience, wow, this person never had an internship in marketing, but they were the leader in their group marketing project. And they were responsible for the actual presenting. That's big. We know that this 
candidate is one day going to be able to present to clients. They have the potential. Um, in talking back to you, you brought up my two favorite words, elevator pitch. So that's the other thing that you need to have prepared before you go to the career fair, even if you're just going for fun, because they're going to say, tell me about yourself. And you're going to have to answer that. And that's something good to just have in life as you're even just doing your networking. There's tons of examples out there on the internet about how to write an elevator pitch. Career fair, career centers also have examples. And I would practice that a lot because whenever you run into, whether it's even um, one of the, the dads of your friends and you're interested in, in his company and what he does, he's going to say, so tell me about yourself. It's something at this stage of when you're in career and internship pursuits, it's almost like you should know it as well as your cell number and your email. You need to be able to tell anybody at any given time who you are relevant to the professional arena that you're going to pursue. And the other thing is always make sure that your resume is updated. It's really important because this is what I believe happens psychologically. When your resume is up, not updated, I think you pass on an opportunity without even realizing it. Yeah, you get anxiety. You say, oh, my resume is not updated. I don't know if I'm going to have the time to do it. I am interested in this, but rather than say my resume is not updated, I'm just going to pass on it. So let's avoid that altogether and set alerts in your calendar once a month to go in and update your resume. And how you do that is to just think about the group projects and things that you've had in your classes, review what you've done in your extracurriculars, um, if there's any uh, skills that are going to be meaningful toward future employment, and then also pick some entry internship or um, entry level um, job descriptions and look at them and look at the skills and say, am I, am I on track here? I always say to my kids, look at the sample resumes out there and don't just look at the job that you're applying to, but also look at a couple levels higher to find out what are the skill sets and experience one might need to move up the ladder. It's and interestingly enough, I tell, um, high-level executives start looking at the job descriptions and the resumes behind you because you want to make sure that you're keeping up with the skills of the person who is being hired, un hired underneath you so that you don't get pushed out because you're the one that costs the company more. And look, now you don't even have the skill that they're looking for. So at a certain point in your, your career, it's important to look backwards. It's hard to correct and add skills that are missing your end of your junior year. It's too late. So if you do this cross-referencing all throughout college and keep looking and keep making sure you're on track and keep having informational interviews with people um, that you find on LinkedIn that are alumni from your school and reach out and have them evaluate your resume and say, am I on track to be a good candidate in your company? And what am I missing? I'd rather know all along what I need to get than all of a sudden be, you know, you're applying to jobs as a senior and you're like, whoa, I don't have any of these skills. Your resume should be a living, breathing document that is continuously being updated. And the first step is transferring that or reworking that high school resume when you first arrive on a college campus to a college resume. That's why I like everyone to go to the career sent the fair, the first 
thing because it forces you to transfer your, your resume from a high school to college resume. Okay, so then the question comes on what goes and what, what stays and what goes. Okay, because you can't walk in with the same resume that you use to apply to college. You have to transfer it to um, a, a new look. You are in pursuit of potential internships and um, uh, job positions. So things, I like to keep things that if you had any professional experience, and I mean, it can be as a, any professional, any work experience, all work experience stays, all internship stays. As far as the extracurricular goes, I would keep anything that continues a trend. If you're an engineering student and you did a robotics, you were in the robotics club and you did a project in high school, I would keep that. Mm -hmm. If you were just a tour guide, not just, I'm sorry, that wasn't right, but if you were a tour guide in high school and just showed families around the campus, I would, I would see maybe stays, maybe goes. It depends what other things are going to be taking up real estate. So I'm looking for, like, if you were in the entrepreneurship club in high school, I definitely want that to stay. Um, if you were captain of the varsity tennis team and you're not playing in college, it's not really that relevant anymore. Um, so it is important to find things in between your senior year and your freshman year that you can find to replace what you're taking off. Now, that doesn't always mean a full-blown internship. I include things like shadowing, networking, uh, I mean, informational interviews. Okay. Um, I, um, sometimes there's even just a one-week internship shadowing days, you often are even given some tasks in them. So those aren't, you know, may, some kids want to have a break. They don't want to have an internship between high school and college. But can you not do anything? Not a good idea. You still have to do something to invest toward your future. So at the very least, I would like to see shadowing and um, informational interviews. This comes up a lot. What about the, the um, students that are counselors at camp? Okay. So I love camp. I think camp is an incredible experience. I was a camper myself. And a lot of my clients will say, it's my last year to go. I want to go rather than get an internship before I go to college. And I say, I hear you. You've probably been going to this camp for a long time that you've been, that you're going to be a counselor at. So you, most of my clients have relationships with the staff and the owners. So in addition to being a counselor, look for other opportunities. Okay. So often there's a camp newsletter. If you're gonna be a communications major, see if you can get involved in that camp, that camp newsletter. Sometimes the staff is the one that's putting it out and they're looking for some extra volunteers. Also, they all have social media pages and send out all sorts of things for the parents to update on what their campers doing throughout the day. And you can get involved in that. Maybe you wanna be a photographer for that, or maybe you wanna write some captions. Also, especially for my um, clients that are going to be going to sports management programs, color wars. Color wars involves a lot of planning. Try to get involved in some of the planning on that. Um, volunteer and say, you know, hey, can I be part of the meetings? Um, I, ha I have some ideas. I'm happy to put that on a resume that's really meaningful and contributing toward your future. Caregiving for children 
is not going to be as relevant to me unless you're pursuing education or maybe child psychology. So I want you to maximize the experience. I can relate to that as my kids have been camp counselors, swimming and sailing instructors. So you can continue to do those jobs as you've just said, but take it another step, get more involved in other aspects of running the programs, whether it is finance, safety, training the trainers, there are other opportunities to further your skill sets and an experience that can add value to your resume. So with running a swim program, a swim program always has a budget. If it's in, even like in the, in the county pools, if there's a swim program that you're going to swim in, there's budgets that go with every program. So ask to become in the, involved with the budget. Say to the person, whatever program it is, whether it's in camp or whatever, everything's about budgeting. Color Wars has a budget. So if you're a finance major or you're thinking about becoming a finance major, say to um, whether it's, you know, at the community pool or whether it's at a camp, say, you know, I'm interested in what the, how you figure out your budget for this summer. Can I shadow you a little bit or learn how you um, figure out how you're going to allocate the things in your budget and adhere to it? So there's always a, there's always a professional aspect of everything, in my opinion. If you have an opportunity to take an online Excel class, please do. Excel shows up in almost every, every job description. And learning the advanced functions will even get you farther. It's more than just a spreadsheet. You, you really need to, jobs are looking for you to be able to create a budget on Excel at a very early age, uh, stage, excuse me. And then also things like, you know, if you're in a communications um, arena, get, in a, get a few online certifications, like for Google Analytics. They're, they're so inexpensive, maybe Hootsuite, Sprout. Walk in with a little understanding of um, social media platforms and how people work with them and how they work with the analytics. And there's tons of articles out there on what certifications are valuable right now in the, in the marketplace and how to evaluate which ones are the cheapest and the best instructors. There's a lot of guidance there and read the reviews and they're very inexpensive. Boy, do I love to put those online certifications on a resume. And one thing I did want to just add before we ended is that I, I am not a believer in making your resume look toward the potential hiring manager and look cookie cutter. Your passion is important. There are ways to combine your passion and your interest and also accomplish what we need to do. There is no reason why you have to, you know, be in a business fraternity if that doesn't really interest you because that's what you think is going to look on your resume. I'm here to help you combine, to figure out your passions, Combine your compassion, combine your passions with opportunities to develop yourself professionally. It must be so rewarding, Emily, for you and uh, for your students to work with you to see the transformation of a resume from start to finish. You have pointed out that there is so much untapped information that can help students transfer their information onto a resume or a cover letter. I can't wait to send you mine so that you can work on mine and help me down the line. We'll show everybody your before and after. Is there any particular dessert that you would recommend? 
Oh, so my son goes to Washington University in St. Louis, and my absolute favorite restaurant there is Soul Taco. I have heard about that restaurant, and it's supposed to be amazing. On my stop for the next time I'm at Wash U. I am dreaming about that restaurant right now. And um, if you have a chance um, while you're in St. Louis, try fried ravioli. That is something I had never heard about, and it is delicious, and... I think everybody should try it in their life. It's the easiest appetizer to make. And as I make it every single year for our Christmas holidays. So I am more than happy because your son is one of our student ambassadors to share my fried ravioli recipe with you. We're going we're gonna to have to have a conversation about that because I, my son does not know what's going to happen, you know, whether things are going to go um, virtual or you know, he'll be back in St. Louis, the place he calls his second home. And um, if we hear it is virtual, I want to have some fried ravioli ready. Thank you so much. What I've learned from you today is that students and people reentering the workforce have so much more to offer than they really probably realize. You help pull that information out, distill it, and transfer those skills and experience onto a resume that makes that candidate stand out in a stronger position to get an interview or call in, call back from an employer. Thanks so much for coming on our show, Emily. It was great to talk to you and see you again. You're welcome. Many thanks to Emily for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation and all the helpful information Emily shared with us today on how to write a cover letter and resume. Go to a career fair, introduce yourself to the Career Center as a freshman, and research the companies you contact. You can find all of our show notes and links to the helpful resources mentioned throughout our conversation on our website at collegescoops.com slash podcast. You can learn more about Emily on her website at emilyweissconsulting.com on Instagram and Facebook. Please take a couple of minutes to rate, review, and subscribe to College Scoops. Thank you for listening to our College Scoops podcast. Our entire College Scoops team strives to make the college journey a little bit easier, less stressful, fun, and tasty by sharing all the inside scoops we have curated along the way. We would love to hear from you about topics to cover and your ideas on everything college related. Reach out to us at collegescoops.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.